Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour drafts every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. It's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Friday's live music and happy hour, then brunch with $10 champagne over the weekend. Mention the Buff Show, get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary, LiamFitzpatrick's.com. You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by uh, by President. Stop moving that that that, that, that uh, you know. Call? That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show, AM 950, 94.9 FM, the Enzo Orlando, Roku TV, the Patriot Podcast Network, all your favorite podcasting platforms, including Spotify on this Thursday. Binge past shows on thebuffshow.com, too. Catch some old interviews and watch full episodes on thebuffshow.com, our awesome website that is growing by leaps and bounds. We're great to have you. Thank you to all our wonderful sponsors of the show. Without you, this ain't possible. And we got to go to Freedom Foundation Thursdays on the Buff Show. We got something very, very troubling to discuss. So here we go. The Freedom Foundation is not your average think tank. The Freedom Foundation is a battle tank. Our job is to defend the rights of public employees against the nation's biggest bullies, government unions. Government unions are the single largest funder of the radical left in America. They take money directly out of the pockets of hardworking teachers and other public employees to impose their extremist agenda, which now includes closing our schools, defunding the police, and promoting racism through the teaching of critical race theory. The Freedom Foundation is here to stop all that by helping tens of thousands of public employees leave their unions in Oregon and throughout the country. We're liberating people to put their money back in their pockets and out of the union's radical political agenda. Thank you for standing with us in the biggest battle that we face as freedom fighters. Well, if that doesn't get you hyped up, nothing will. Max for Nelson back with us, Director of Labor Policy. Great to have you, Max. Oh, it's always good to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Our good friend and mutual acquaintance and your colleague, Ashley, sent over a great breakdown of Biden's speech at the AFL-CIO. America's unions, they say on their website. And, and this is the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations. This is the largest federation of unions in the United States, made up of 56 national and international unions, and they represent about 12 million active and reti- retired workers. So this was the big one, Maxford. Absolutely. The, the AFL-CIO, th- think of it as a trade association for labor unions, like, you know, businesses get together in chambers of commerce. Well, unions get together and, and form these labor federations. And, and as you mentioned, the AFL-CIO is, is the big one, uh, it's the, the largest uh, labor federation in the country. And it has its annual convention. 
which just took place in Philadelphia here this uh, a couple days ago. And it's common for political officials to make a stop there, make an address to, uh, to the AFL-CIO uh, delegates that, uh, that represent these you know, variety of, of large labor organizations around the country. And uh, Biden, of course, made his stop there, uh, made a, a half-hour speech to the, uh, the 500 or so delegates in, in uh, assembly there. And uh, some fascinating stuff. I mean, he touched on a lot of issues, not just labor-specific, but the state of the economy, uh, and but of course did delve quite a bit into all that he has done uh, to advance the special interest cause of, uh, of labor unions in this country. Yeah, we're going to break that down. We're going to have a fun little game with Max. We're going to play two minutes of this speech, two solid minutes of it. And Max has his notepad ready, and I got mine ready. We're going to count the lies and then discuss at the end, and then we have a bunch of other quotes. But the first thing he says, you're a gigantic reason why I'm standing here, standing here today as your president, and I really mean it. That and the 2,000 mules, Max. <laughs> you don't have to touch that one. But I just, that's, when Ashley sent that, it was at the top. I, I even wrote 2,000 mules. But uh, <laughs> very good. Let's, let's start with this video because I know you have a lot of notes and other things to talk about, too, when it comes to the union aspect of this. But we're going to put uh, this on the screen. You listening at home, you count along with us, too, okay? Here we go. The problem is... <laughs> Republicans in Congress are doing everything they can to stop my plans to bring down costs on ordinary families. That's why my plan is not finished and why the results aren't finished either. Jobs are back, but prices are still too high. COVID is down, but gas prices are up. Our work isn't done. But here's the deal. America still has a choice to make. A choice between a government by the few, for the few, or government for all of us. Democracy for all of us, an economy where all of us have a fair shot and a chance to earn our place in the economy. My plan is simple. First, I'm doing everything in my power to blunt Putin's gas price hike. Just since he invaded Ukraine, it's gone up $1.74 a gallon because of nothing else but that. So I have a plan to bring down the cost of gas and food. It's going to take time, but let the world coordinate the largest release, what I've been able to do, the largest release of oil from the global fund in history. You got it? A million you got barrels it? A day and 240 million barrels to boost global supply I convinced other nations to join us to keep prices from rising, keep prices from rising even more. And I'm working closely with our European partners to get 20 million tons of grain locked in Ukraine out onto the market to help bring down food prices. Okay, thank you, MSNBC, for that wonderful clip. They didn't play all the stuttering, moronic stuff, but I counted about seven BS meters right there. Hit me. What'd you come up with, Max? Well, it's easily that uh, easily that amount. I think it depends on how you. Some of these are compounding. You know, I mean, he'll make the same general point, but make two or three errors along the way. Uh, I mean, this this is a pretty. 
this is the theme of the speech. I think, in my view, the theme of the speech is contradictions. Uh, because Biden wants to have everything always. You know, if you go back to the very beginning of his of his address, he started out, he led off with taking credit for billions and trillions of dollars in federal spending that Congress authorized during his administration through things like the American Rescue Plan uh, and the infrastructure package. And so he's highlighting components of those spending packages that he likes or that he thinks the audience will like and bragging about how we're spending all this money on these things. But then at the same time, you know, later in the speech, he has to pivot and address the concern on the minds of all working families. Prices are through the roof. Inflation is through the roof. Gas prices are five, six dollars a gallon now. Uh, and, and so he has to address that reality. But he, he doesn't want to acknowledge, he can't politically acknowledge that all of this massive federal spending that's been going on in the last year and a half is at least a significant cause, a significant driver of the inflation that we're all dealing with. So he has to say, well, I think at one point he, he said, almost screaming when he says this, I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending or changing people's lives. So I'm going to take credit for all this spending, but I can't acknowledge that the spending is causing the inflation that everybody's concerned about. And we're not being reckless in spending, even though we're putting all this money out <laughs> into the economy uh, in a pretty reckless fashion. So that that type of dynamic was at play throughout the speech. Well, uh, somebody asked me earlier, what where did the money go for the American Rescue Plan? Let's just stay on reckless spending for a second. I said, well, that's simple. It went to unions. It went to liberal plans and policies. Every American got about, you know, some Americans got about 600 a month for three months in exchange for high inflation and ridiculous gas prices. So $900 versus the $2,500 you're paying more now, the math didn't work. That's my simple explanation of the American Rescue Plan. And, and you're not wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, this was, uh, gosh, I don't even remember the full amount. It was well over a trillion dollars in federal spending. And I don't know if anybody knows or has a tally of the total number of programs that were created or funded through that plan. But I'm sure it was hundreds. I mean, we, we could not take we, we take the whole segment and not describe all of the different avenues in which spending was authorized through that through that plan. But the common denominator was the government was printing money, was putting bills on the credit card and sending it out into the economy. Some of it landed in our you know, uh, bank accounts through the, the IRS disbursements that you mentioned, uh, just the direct stimulus payments. Some of it went to specific uh, industries uh, that were hit hard by the pandemic or just had really good lobbyists and found ways to get extra money. Uh, and so the, one way or another, this money was being pumped into the economy. And what happens when you increase the amount of money uh, by fiat, you just declare, well, we're going to throw all this money into the economy. Well, people have more money to spend and they go out and and the demand for goods uh, increases uh, because people are out there armed with this new money. And but the supply doesn't automatically increase. And so you have a situation where you have what economists would say is too much money chasing too few goods. Everybody's armed with all this new money clamoring for the same fixed amount of, of resources. And that drives a price. You, you create scarcity. Uh, and that's that's exactly what we're seeing now. Now, when you couple that with the assault, this administration's assault on the fossil fuel industry and making it very difficult for companies, for, for you know, for people to take advantage of the increase in demand and boost their production, uh, then you get this crazy inflation that we're seeing now. 
because they've they've artificially increased demand and they're artificially constraining the ability of the economy to meet with the supply necessary, the demand that they've created. And that's just a recipe for massive inflation. When he says Putin's price hike and then he said and nothing else, <laughs> nothing else caused, caused it. He said that in that clip we played. It's Putin's price hike. It's, it's up a dollar seventy four. Well, by that math, Putin hasn't increased it as much as you have by shutting <laughs> down Anwar province and make the red tape is impossible. And you talk about refineries that can't even get product. I mean, what you've done to stifle. And now liberal groups are suing Biden for writing a letter to the manufacturers in America fuel man saying they need to increase production he wrote an angry letter by the way an angry letter nothing works like an angry letter sounds like something un would do but he writes this letter and now he's being sued by the environmentalists <laughs> it's just he's sitting there and first of all i'd love to be a fly on the wall that's reality tv the process of writing that letter would be awesome to see but that's what he did Max for Nelson, stay with us on the other side of this break. We'll be right back on the Buff Show to get your take on that Putin price hike nonsense. Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses and force on force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full time gunsmith on site, Sarah coding services, laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollars discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at veritas tactical.com veritas tactical tactical Welcome back to the Map Up Show. Let's jump right back in with Maxford Nelson from the Freedom Foundation. He's the Director of Labor Policy. I want everybody to check out the Freedom Foundation. I'm sorry, just freedomfoundation.com. No the required. Freedomfoundation.com. They're hiring. 
tell your friends and family. And if you're in a union and you don't want to be specifically public sector unions, get out there and contact Freedom Foundation. So we we finished that last segment with Putin's price hike. <laughs> and they, and he says there's nothing else, Max. There's nothing else. And it's just ridiculous. Just a bold faith lie. It, it really is. And, you know, this is not a new claim that the president has made. It's been out there, well, pretty much since Putin invaded Ukraine. Uh, I think the president viewed that as, as a... Uh, an opportunity to shift blame for his administration's war on fossil fuels, which, you know, you, you look back in the last few years of the Trump administration uh, through the COVID, uh, you know, the initial year of the COVID pandemic, you know, gas prices stayed relatively stable and, and had declined, uh, you know, early in, in the administration specifically and, and remained fairly stable even throughout that economic turmoil. Uh, but it was like a switch was flipped uh, when the Biden administration took office. Uh, and, you know, they had campaigned on ending fossil fuels in Biden's administration and the, uh, his energy officials, his environmental officials uh, have all made no secret of their desire to, to go to war with the fossil fuel industry. And so, yeah, as you mentioned, canceling uh, drilling on federal lands whenever possible uh, and making it very, very difficult, uh, as difficult as possible for, for new oil and gas drilling to take place. Uh, but also, the you know, the, the pressure that has been brought to bear through the uh, ESG environmental and, and social uh, uh, investing strategy uh, that this administration has backed uh, has resulted in the finance industry really pulling back from investments, capital investments in the uh, in the fossil fuel industry. So whereas in the past you might have been able to go out as, as an oil company and, and raise funds to go do this increase in, in drilling and oil exploration when prices are high, uh, now they're having a hard time getting the capital to do that because it's been portrayed as socially unacceptable to do business with these companies. And so, again, it goes back to this fundamental problem. We have the demand, but we are artificially constraining the ability of companies to, to meet uh, and produce the supply they need to meet that demand. So what are we left with? We're left with Biden pleading with foreign countries to increase their gas, you know, oil drilling and, and, and oil production so that we can benefit from it. It's it's absolutely upside down. There is no we, we were energy independent. This country was was effectively energy independent and we've thrown it all away in a year and a half. I like how somebody told him to go out on a stage and just yell, just yell. That's your best quality. No whispering, just yell. And he, he touted the gas prices, just to wrap up that point. He touted that as a good thing. COVID's down, gas is up. That's not that's not a good thing. And COVID, uh, I think 700,000 of the deaths were under his watch. But that's a whole other story. Let's talk about some of the union aspects of the speech. Um, like I said, Ashley did a fantastic job of fishing through this god-awful video and putting some <laughs> quotes together. Um, I'm going to read a couple of these and then I want to get your take. Um, he said, I owe you from the very beginning of my running for office back when I was a kid. Word salads, man. It was labor unions. Back then we were a right to work state and we changed that too. And then he also said, um, we announced 3 billion this year to improve airports across the state. And then another $5 billion to build electric vehicles and charging stations and $20 billion for public transit. And then finally, when I think global warming, I think jobs, jobs, jobs. Good paying union jobs. You know, that's kind of a true statement right there. Global warming is just a ruse to create more union jobs. 
it's you know you're you're not wrong uh, by any stretch. So this this was a typical Biden speech in many respects, and he started out in the beginning with uh, comments that didn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, he, he made that statement you just read about. And it wasn't sure. It wasn't clear if he was referring to Pennsylvania or Delaware. He was giving a speech in Pennsylvania, and of course, he was born there, but spent most of his life in Delaware, uh, next door. But either way, neither state has ever adopted, much less repealed, a right-to-work law that that makes union membership optional. So I'm, I have no idea what he's referring to when he says that you know we we were a right-to-work state and we changed that to no idea where that's coming from. Uh, but on on the broader yeah, point, about, Pennsylvania uh, or Delaware, yeah, correct. go ahead. <laughs> correct. It doesn't doesn't matter which one. Uh, <laughs> it's it's wrong either way. Uh, but you know the the comments about the environment uh, and jobs and his comments about uh, the increased funding for infrastructure through, through the infrastructure plan. You know, I, I think you really hit on the point here. This isn't so much about. Uh, the economy or the, the environment as it is about uh, special interest handouts at the end of the day. And there was another quote uh, elsewhere in the speech uh, where Biden was talking about the infrastructure plan. And, and he said, quote, the infrastructure law is about more than rebuilding our infrastructure. Hmm, that's very honest. And then he goes on to yes. say, that's why we made sure that the infrastructure law included significant labor protections. For example, I insisted an overwhelming majority of the funds included in the law are subject to Davis-Bacon requirements. The union has to do it. Essentially, what he's referring to with Davis-Bacon is, is a federal uh, federal law that says on any infrastructure project, any federal infrastructure project, uh, the federal government has to pay uh, essentially an arbitrarily high uh, uh, wage rate uh, to the employees that are working on that project. It's not go out and find a contract that gives you the best bid and meets the requirements of the bid. It's it's a floor. It's essentially a minimum wage, if you will, for construction workers. Uh, and it artificially increased the cost of, of uh, federal and state construction projects significantly, depending on how you measure it. Uh, but the, the end result is union labor tends to be more expensive. So if the federal government says we're only going to pay for uh, or we're going to have this minimum requirement, pay requirement, you're giving union labor essentially a competitive advantage. And you're, re you're removing the ability of, of maybe non-union companies to come in and say, hey, we can get this done at a lower cost. Uh, and so it's, he, he says it, I mean, right out there in his speech, that it's, it's essentially a, a requirement for union labor without specifically saying we will only hire union labor. Uh, but it's uh, it's refreshing honesty from the president here that that again it's not really about the infrastructure it's about giving people federal money and federal contracts. Yeah, and we know that this was in front of a pro union crowd, the biggest one in the country. We understand that, but to be so blatantly honest about the uh, Davis Bacon requirements tells us that this infrastructure money is going to sit there for at least fifteen years. <laughs> well, or, or it'll get spent very, very quickly. And oh, yeah, or it'll evaporate. <laughs> yeah, that's we right. won't get everything done that we were promised, and then we'll be wondering, gee, where did all the money go? Yeah, the evaporation part of that might be might be more realistic. $18 a minute? I'll take that. <laughs> I keep calling on Congress to pass the PRO Act, which will make it easier for workers to organize. And that ties in to why that's why I made a former union president in uh, as secretary of labor. She's a disaster. If that's who I'm thinking of. So yeah, yeah the, 
Marty Walsh, uh, former Boston mayor and, and former uh, union official himself, is, is the Secretary of Labor now, uh, and, and he has been working very hard to uh, attack flexible work, to undermine uh, the gig economy, basically create an economy where everybody is working a 40-hour factory floor type type job. That's what unions prefer. Uh, but you know that's kind of part for the course for the federal administration. The big item, though, that, that would really make a lot of difference uh, for labor unions is the PRO Act that Biden mentions. Now, yeah. it's language in Congress. It, it passed the House, but hasn't been able to get through the Senate. But it's just so crazy to me. I mean, the, the president describes the bill as making it easier for workers to organize. And, and really, a better way to describe it is it makes it harder for workers not to be unionized at the end of the day, because it's really all about taking away workers' choice. It makes it uh, easier for unions to organize uh, new workplaces without elections, without giving the workers a chance to vote on whether they want to be unionized. Uh, and it would overturn all of the right to work laws uh, on the books nationwide and pave the way for any unionized private sector employee to be forced to pay union dues as a condition of keeping their job, which is just crazy to me. Uh, it's it really is an anti-choice piece of legislation that would force people to pay unions. I mean, at the end of the day, that is what it's entirely about. Well, I'm really glad you came on the show to break this down because it's easy to point out the flaws in the speech. But I was really glad you could talk about the PRO Act and the infrastructure and the uh, American Rescue Plan and the the right to work comment that was really confusing. We changed the entire state's judicial process. I mean, that's, that's that that's not real. But um, I, I really appreciate that. You guys can find more information on freedomfoundation.com for sure. And uh, this is the biggest fight Freedom Foundation has is this regime in power right now, because that's one thing they make no bones about. They want to unionize everything. Last word to you, Max, about one minute. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, if you look at this administration from top to bottom, uh, Biden is commonly or he's very fond of the phrase whole of government. Any problem that he feels passionately about, he says, deserves a whole of government response. And what that means is I don't care what this federal agency is supposed to do. I'm going to make them work on this unrelated thing that I really care about. And that's been the approach to labor unions. Uh, you know, the Biden administration has said, we, we need a whole of government. We need the whole weight of the federal government uh, put on the side of unionizing workers, whether they want it or not. And at the end of the day, it's because those unions are the largest political backers. Uh, they are the, the, the bulk of the progressive infrastructure that exists year to year and keeps these, these leftist politicians in power and in office. And his administration is going out of its way to reward and strengthen that special interest uh, for political reasons. Yeah, no, that's right. That whole of government approach, you hear that. It's used as a way to get their mission done on unions, but it's also used as an excuse. Oh, yeah, the whole of government approach on this uh, baby formula stuff. Don't worry about it. We're on it. Yeah, you're, you're not on anything. So they use that whole of government two different ways mm -hmm. to pass an agenda or say, sorry, we couldn't get it done, but we're trying with the whole of government. Maxford Nelson, keep up the great work. You got your hands full at the Freedom Foundation. Thank you so much. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, it's, we'll see you very soon because there's so much more to cover every single week on this segment on Freedom Foundation Thursday. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. 
Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Since 2012, Cellulartronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. Welcome back to the Map Up Show on this Thursday. Great to have you with us. Let's head up to Portland, Oregon and talk to our friend Buddy Ullman. He's a retired professor of biochemistry and molecular biology from the Oregon, Oregon Health and Science University, OHSU, to most people. And I uh, wrote this. Story, 50 years ago, Title IX was created to prevent discrimination, and now it's, today it's used to hunt down the centers of wokeness. Basically, it's used for discrimination, so I had to get you on to talk about this, buddy. Great to have you. Right. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, how's it going in Portland? Uh, Antifa hasn't completely taken over yet, have they? <laughs> well, uh, it, it's been a little bit better these days, so uh, I'm not sure quite for the reasons why, but it's uh, really changed the face of the city. Oh, people were reeling after that in 2020. Yes. My goodness. And they were thinking, yes. maybe we should do some recalls and elections here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I can certainly understand that. But Well, good to have you, though. But I want to talk about this because we see stories every day, not just with when we talk about the schools and the, and the stuff that's happening in there with the pride month. And my 10 year old buddy comes to me and goes, man, rainbow stuff everywhere, all over my apps. And they're really trying to change this. And then we look in the schools where about 58% of the country says trans swimmers should not compete against girls, but that's way 58 is probably way higher than that. But according to that polling, it's way too close because girls are affected in a negative way here. Well, that's right. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, Title IX is about discrimination, and it's about sex discrimination, gender discrimination. And it was put into place 50 years ago by Richard Nixon. It was a bipartisan law. It's been a transformational law. And it really prohibits discrimination against women in educational and athletic endeavors on college campuses. And my personal belief is that when you have biological men competing against biological women, that, they, that that is an invasion of their space and their Title IX rights. I think it discriminates against women, and that's wrong. And that's exactly right. For example, when a man takes the spot on an Olympic team or Olympic um, 
maybe a tryout and a woman was supposed to be there, whoever was sixth place in the previous meet and doesn't get there, that enables her, that disables her right to get a uh, potential scholarship if she does well and train with her team. So it is a direct impact of discrimination right there based on you're letting a man do something that I, a girl's supposed I, to do. I totally agree. I and mean, we have separate ma male and female sports for a reason. And, uh, you know, I think most women's organizations uh, and women would probably support this position. I, I mean, it, 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 allowing, again, biological men to compete athletically against uh, biological women, at least at a high level. Obviously, this doesn't count when they're seven years, eight years old and they're kids. But Yeah, playing t-ball together. That's right. different. But it's just common <laughs> sense. I mean, Americans know it's common sense not to, you know, allow that to happen. You've studied biology your whole life. Uh, pronouns yeah. are being uh, cat, fox, wolf, all kinds right. of pronouns. Right. The they them thing is way off base too, but that's kind of old school in the pronoun world. Oh yeah, well the pronoun world it's it's sort of interesting. I you know I've I've missed a lot of that because I retired several years ago, and I I was on a medical school campus, so I don't see much of it. But when pe people ask me what personal pronouns uh, I prefer, I say I, my, and mine. <laughs> that's your pronouns, yeah. Yes. That's that's the definition of <laughs> pronouns yes, yes. from a biological. That's, what I'd say, and, 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 uh, that's it. <laughs> However, you put in your story here that um, three eighth grade boys, by the way, boys are being affected by this in a negative yes. way too. They were accused of sexual harassment and launched a Title IX investigation for something called mispronouncing. These children used her to refer a classmate classmate who wants to be called them. Illogical is one thing. But, Professor, this is just crazy. I agree. I, I mean, I, I think one of the problems with Title IX, it's not Title IX, it's how Title IX is enforced. Title IX is an immutable, one-sentence law that was brilliant and transformative. It's the way it's administered. And what you are saying, and I totally agree with it, this is a misuse, a weaponization of Title IX for whatever purposes they went after those three boys. That's, it's crazy. That's not what Title IX, that's not the purpose of Title IX. And also the attorney generals that were a problem here when it comes to the, and also they've called on the U.S. Department of Education to cancel its plan to revise Title IX. They, they argue that a new interpretation includes gender identity would provide a way for the federal government to improperly intrude into parental decisions. Right. I'm, 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 you know, I, th that's not, I mean, that's not theirs. I agree. I, but, but I mean, the strong, look, Title IX is about sex. It is not about gender identity. And it is not about sexual orientation. It is about gender and sex, biological sex. And Discrimination against somebody based on their sex or yes, race. That's, that's yeah. what it was about. And, and what the Biden administration wants to do is to expand the scope of the definition of sex. That makes no sense. It, and, 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 and Congress passes laws. It's in the, Joe Biden or Matt Buff or Buddy Ullman can't say, oh, well, you know, we've decided that Title IX has a broader scope or a narrower scope than what Congress 
intended. I mean, there is such a, and, and the courts are going to uphold that. I'm sure the courts are going to uphold that. So if they, if they try to do that, there's going to, there will be uh, lawsuits, including the one that you kind of mentioned or alluded to with respect to the Republican attorney generals. And I think they're going to win in court very quickly. I, I, I hope so. What the, this administration does from time to time is they put something in place. They know will be shot down, but then they think they at least get three months of victory on it. And that's very <laughs> I dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they, they did that with the mandates. But uh, I'll tell you this. What, what's very troubling is if they do add to Title IX gender identities or pronoun pronunciation or whatever, if they add that, the lawsuits are going to be flailing left yeah, and right. right. And, and once again, kids to make fun of something like that. I, w- I want your audience to understand they're not going to be able to change Title IX. They're going to be able to change the regulations for okay. the enforcement of Title IX. That's a big difference. So talk about that, please. Talk about well, how they would do that. So, I'm, so that's actually my primary concern about the, the, the Biden administration's changes in the regulations to Title IX because they haven't articulated a good reason for doing this. They've only been in place for two years and they were put in place by Betsy DeVos and, 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 and it's a 2033-page document. I have read it and it's wow. an excellent document. I mean, it's not partisan. It's, it's it basically... What it provides is if there, it, it, it support, provides support for accusers and, and, and the accused in a Title IX dispute. And a Title IX dispute involves gender discrimination or sexual harassment or sexual assault. And the rules are fair and they're thoughtful and they're prescribed like they are in the courts. There's... Uh, and, and they're designed to determine the credibility of the accusation in as fair as way as possible. The Biden administration doesn't want that. They want to tilt that field so it's not level. And so that the accuser basically has the advantage. And that's the way it was previously before DeVos changed the rule. And, you know, we have a United... Uh, the, the DeVos document is basically predicated on the United States Constitution, on judicial precedent, and on congressional intent that we talked about earlier. And it's a wonderful, excellent document. It's a great read, but it's a slow read. <laughs> yes, I bet. 2,000 pages. But no, that's how it should be. Yes. A level playing field for the accuser and the accused. They Absolutely. want, they want the accused the to suffer without due process. Do, right. So the when it uh, the the uh, during the Obama administration, and this was the reason that the DeVos and the Trump administration really needed to change the rules. They didn't have a presumption of innocence. The accused on college campuses would often not be told what the charges were against him or possibly her. They weren't allowed to know who the the accusers were. They weren't allowed to present evidence. They weren't allowed to have witnesses. They weren't allowed. I mean, that was standard operating procedure. There were hundreds and hundreds of court cases as a result, as there should have been. Wow, that's amazing. Where can people yes. go to find more of your writings and uh, all? Well, the- they can just Google me and and uh, and uh, and uh, see. Look for Buddy Ullman Title Nine, and uh, you'll see a bunch of my 
op-ed articles and my own story and experience with Title IX. So worth reading. What we'll do is we'll put a link on the buffshow.com slash buddy omen. All right. Okay. And we'll put all those links in one place for everybody. If sure. you were if you were teaching today, if you were a professor today, would you be able to stand it? Would you <laughs> uh, you know the the answer is uh, for a lot of reasons, I'm very glad that I'm not a college professor anymore. I mean, I loved being a college professor. Yeah, it was it was a great profession. Uh, but I, you know, there are a lot of reasons why I wouldn't want to go there anymore. Would be one because they ripped the science out there and replaced it with feelings, and that's yes, that's 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 actually the biggest. Yes, the biggest I mean, reason. Right. I mean, my my position is, and I taught medical students, is that an MD degree is a doctoral level degree, and they should be as informed as any human beings on earth. Absolutely, Professor Buddy Olman. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Your writings are fantastic. We're going to post the links everywhere, and everybody check this out: buffshow.com/slash/buddyolman. Once we get everything squared away here for the show tonight, Buddy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Matt. Bye bye. All right, sounds good. We'll be back on the Buff Show. You guys stay with us. More to come. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. We have a great new sponsor on the show, Satellite Phone Store, and Jonah is representing them today. Jonah, welcome to the Buff Show. Hey, great to thank have you. Thank you so much for having me. And man. we're great to have you as a partner on the Buff Show. Absolutely. All uh, right, let's talk about Satellite Phone Store. First of all, the website. Website, uh, you can go to our website. It's uh, www.satellitephonestore.com. Pretty easy, right? Pretty easy, I almost said it for you. Absolutely. Now, you brought some products here that we want to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's talk about this right here. This is the Bibby Stick. So we did used to have a uh, promotion where we were actually giving out free phones. Yeah. Uh, currently, there is a global shortage on a lot of these phones, so we came up with a solution. Uh, as of right now, we pre-ordered for the year 20,000 of these devices for the Bibby Stick. Wow. That could last anywhere from five months, could last up to 12 months, we don't really know, but um, this will pretty much take place so that way when the grid does go down, people still have a way to two-way communicate with uh, their loved ones and their friends and families. Uh, we are doing a, a promotion right now during this convention. Um, after June 1st, everything is going up, unfortunately, on some of the uh, service plans. Uh, but right now we are doing a $55 plan, a $69.95 plan. Both plans come with a free Bivy stick, which is usually retailed at $249. Wow. So you're saving that. Um, it'll also come with unlimited texting. It comes with the uh, damage insurance on, on the $55 one. The, the other plan will come with uh, lost or stolen, so we replace it for you. 
and also a Galileo program. It's almost like a uh, a Twitter for podcasters. Yeah. So they can give you live updates even when everything's down. No, yeah, that's great. But yeah. what about people watching this after the convention? I mean, after if, the convention, if they hear you reference that, can they say, "Hey, absolutely, we, we, we heard you say that. Will you honor that?" Yeah, absolutely. So uh, everybody can uh, either go to our website, like I said, it's www.satellitephonestore.com. Or uh, just because uh, you guys are actually listening to this podcast today, uh, just type in sat1234.com. So that's sat1234.com. Yeah, very good. Everybody check it out. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you. Check out thebuffshow.com for show information. Watch the full videos and see past interviews. One of our past interviews is back with some breaking news. Cindy Rose is back with us, host of the Jewish Patriot Real Talk 93.3 chair, Jewish Vote GOP, author Rubber Room Romance, and also a great campaign manager for America First candidate. Cindy, welcome back to the show. Great to have you. Thank you so much for having me back. And I hear we're talking breaking news. Yeah, we got some breaking news that you've uh, uncovered some really insane documents. I want to get into this, but next week, Rabbi uh, Yaakov Menken's going to be on the show to talk about how the left is changing Jewish values. So I, I want you, everybody to check that out too. But uh, Cindy, I tell you what. Very good leader for America first values and issues. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be great. I thought you might want to hear about that, so that's good. You sent over some documents here about some things that are happening in our schools, and we talk about the schools a lot, but, Cindy, it goes much deeper than that. I'm just going to turn the floor over to you and dive into this. So, you know, with everything that went on in Texas, and, of course, they're bringing up Sandy Hook, everybody, of course, wants to blame gun owners. And of course, parents are now considered domestic terrorists. But the reality is the biggest problem is through the teachers' unions because there are laws that are through school contracts, state and federal laws regarding mandated reporting. And too many administrators, teachers, guidance counselors deliberately ignore and do not uh, help students with mental issues. And a lot of those students have been in school systems now for two decades. I am in the longest running lawsuit against the New York City Department of Education. And in my lawsuit, there was an illegal termination retaliation where the Department of Education paid for transcripts. And I shared with you some of the transcripts where the administrators admitted that they did not report safety issues. They hid weapons. And I'm not just talking guns. You know, they keep talking guns as weapons. Knives are used, toy guns, pencils, you name it. They break glass doors to take off glass and threaten people. You name it, it goes on. And guidance counselors, principals and teachers are supposed to, and they're required by law to fill out paperwork and follow up with investigations. Then you have the paper trail through the children's uh, protective services. Well, they're not getting accurate stories and information and documentation from the administrators and teachers at schools. How could they do their work? And it goes to the mayor's office in New York City because the mayor has mayoral control and the Office of Investigations. So how could their investigations 
be accurate if this is deliberately done. And the teachers unions encourage this because teachers' jobs are at stake, funding for schools is at stake, and um, monies that they get through JCOPE to endorse democratic uh, teachers and have influence in local, state, and federal governments is all tied to good school grades and hiding violence and mental illness. So I'm reading through this deposition that you sent over. I mean, we got the Boy Scouts here. We got kissing little girls in here. We got all kinds of I don't knows, too. I don't know what this is about. I don't know. What was going on in this situation? Well, we had a principal who was arrested for stealing money from HUD, the housing authority. Where else but in a Democratic-run system would a person get arrested for stealing money and admitting and pleading guilty uh, in one area of government and get back a job in another area of government and have issues with lawsuits and uh, other issues brought up by parents calling 311? go through her tenure, retire with a six-figure uh, retirement and benefits, only through corrupt, progressive systems like this. And it ties into their illegal evaluation systems because evaluating teachers, schools, I mean, even parents, all tie into hiding the fact that there is so much weapons, bullying, threats all through schools starting in pre-k pre-k that's what one of these depositions was about pre-kindergarten i mean this goes way beyond what we usually talk about with the masks and crt and stuff like that so the root of the problem is the reporting system that's in place is that correct well, that's one of it well there is no punishment for people they're supposed to in new york state there is social services law 401.B that's not discussed enough, that every person who has knowledge of a student must be part of a report to uh, ACS, but they also have to be part of an ORS safety report. And those safety reports go through the NYPD. And what's going on in New York goes on in every system in the country. That's why you have Chicago the way it is and LA the way it is and up Baltimore. I mean, you've heard many people in Baltimore complain about what's going on. It's all tied to, you know, don't talk, don't see, don't tell, you know, that, that saying it's easier. And unfortunately you have now situations where children feel they get away with these things all their years so that they're 15 they're 18 and they can you know steal guns uh threaten people steal i mean we have the extremes in the school situations but every single day in the news we have those same youths going into uh stores and stealing uh randomly hitting people in the subway system on the streets in supermarkets. I mean, you can't even go into a drugstore in New York City without um, having it, uh, every single product protected by plastic with guards. So little criminals becoming big criminals. And then you have the DAs across the country that are being recalled in big numbers, by the way. People are fed up. But 
They're getting away with it from pre-K on to adulthood. They're getting away with it now. And this goes back to the home too, Cindy. I noticed in your lot, a lot of your testimony here in these depositions, these kids have problems at homes, but they're not being addressed. And so it's just all the way around bad for somebody who doesn't understand the difference between right and wrong, the difference between what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. Actually, in my case, we were just reviewing the depositions again, and we found at least two parents that actually testified because they've had issues, three of them actually, issues in their home, open ACS cases, things that the school knew about. And they worked together with the principal, assistant principal, and guidance counselors to hide everything. It's in testimony. Then when I had my illegal termination is retaliation, also what's illegal is the principal's gave up my confidentiality to these people. They threatened my life in a couple of situations. And they worked together, tampering with evidence, writing up statements that they showed evidence that contradicted their own testimony. The principal and the system principal couldn't even give the same story. They both contradicted each other. And then parents contradicted them and exposed everything. These parents worked together with corrupt administrations to make sure that they could have what they want at the expense of everybody else in the school community. That's amazing. I mean, it's just crazy. They're working together to make their kids more corrupt. Their own kids, their flesh and blood. And even the right-wing media doesn't really want to cover this. They want to cover all the parents that are getting up today. But they don't cover it enough from a teacher's side, from the inside. They don't cover back what's going on for decades. It's not new news. It's very old news. It's just the fact that even as we're speaking, there are articles coming out about how in New York City, the school uh, attendance is dwindling and people starting to wake up. Parents that are minority and Democrats are calling me now. Really? I have facts here correct but not enough people really want to discuss it actually the person who wanted to discuss it in 2015 was candidate president donald trump he was the first one to actually bring up in his agenda to either diminish or eliminate the federal department of education however betsy devos we know <coughs> not somebody who worked with the president and I have a feeling when 47 happens and he comes back, because it seems to be that the people want him to run, and now independents want him to run when they see 7 and $8 gas uh, yeah. a gallon. So I think this is going to be a top priority. And I would love to be a part of it, because I think this is so important. People don't realize how first and second grade, where the brain is really forming and grabbing onto information. By the time people get to high school and college, their patterns are set in life. Yeah. There, there, a lot of this testimony and this information that you sent me, sent me is in the development years of a child. These are the right. development years, and that's the problem here. But I do know one show that covers this stuff, the Matt Buff Show. We cover it. And we're happy that you do. And, <laughs> and I thank you because... You are a warrior. 
Well, thank you, Cindy. Same to you. And everybody check her out on Twitter at Cindy's Corner. Host the Jewish Patriot Real Talk 93.3 chair. Jewish Vote GOP author Rubber Room Romance. Everybody check that out. And the campaign manager for America First Candidates who are coming on the Buff Show very soon as we heat up for um, midterms and stuff like that. Cindy, keep up the great fight because if we don't get to the true root of the problem and change some of these processes and systems, it's just going to continue to be bad. Thank you so much. Okay, sounds good. Wow. Just crazy information going on in the schools. We'll be back on the Buff Show.